Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hague Homan Halftime, Halftime Show. Hi, guys. Welcome back. We have a super exciting episode today, and it's the one that I've been the most excited for. I will not mm. lie, a little nervous, but we're going to introduce a special guest. So today we're welcoming to the podcast one of my favorite human beings of all time. This guest finished valedictorian in high school. She was a three-sport athlete in high school. She went on to go to the University of Notre Dame, where she graduated with a degree in chemical engineering and a minor in bioengineering. And she was also a valedictorian candidate at Notre Dame. So crazy smart. She placed in the 98th percentile in the nation for the MCAT. So she may just be one of the smartest people in the world. Holy. <laughs> Next year. Keep it rolling. <laughs> in August, she will be moving to Madison, Wisconsin to start her first job while she's applying to medical school. However, a success story like this does not come without a serious struggle that I also would face a few years later. Today, Miss Anna Michelle Haig, my sister, and, <laughs> and I will be telling our eating disorder stories. Here's a little trigger warning to everyone. There may mm -hmm. be talk on, well, there will be talk on food, calories, obviously eating disorders. If this is a triggering subject, we would advise you to try to listen through this, but if it's something that you can't handle, we would tell you right now, just this, join us next week because this episode yeah, this might be a little bit tough. Definitely an intense episode, but much needed. So welcome, Anna. Woo! Super excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I've been wanting to come on this podcast ever since I first heard Teresa and Yulia talk about it. Really, really excited for like what you're doing and how you're a voice for everyone. And yeah, this topic is something that's so important. It's something that so many people struggle with and it like at all levels. Um, and it's something that isn't talked about enough. And um, we have a lot on this, lots of stories, lots of years um, under our belts. So yeah, just like really excited to be here and this will be a good um, piece for a conversation. Yeah, and thanks Anna for like, this is such like a vulnerable, difficult topic to talk about. And like for you to be willing to share something so private and vulnerable like I don't think you understand like there could be a girl out there that this is going to help or change their life um so thank, thank you, you for thank you for sharing that today yeah no of course so Anna do you want to start off by just telling us a little bit of your background um with your eating disorder and maybe maybe some of the things that you were facing during that time yeah of course so for me it was a little bit different than i think how an eating disorder normally presents i started having some of these things happen when i was really young like as even as a very young child i was someone who was like very obsessed with like i don't know being like perfect mm -hmm. or like going by the rules right. like in school i'd like rewrite all my letters so they looked textbook like when i played basketball i would oh. um, sometimes be almost unable to handle it when i would like make yeah. a mistake because you can't be perfect in basketball <laughs> um and at like the age of 10 i started like moving that like mechanism of control to food um and it actually like got really bad to the point where I was hospitalized for a few weeks um during my fifth grade year and I missed like half the year of school um and had to go through a pretty intense like recovery um period to get myself like back to a point where I could like go back to school and sports and like living my actual life um and then for like a while, um, I was fine, you know, just going about living my life. Mm -hmm. But then towards the end of like in high school again, um, I started to like slowly like relapse into a lot of the like thoughts and behaviors that went along with like obsessing over food and like restricting and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of other things going on in our life at the time too. Like I know you, Teresa, had like similar struggles around this time. Um, and we definitely want to like dive like deeper into that. But there was like um, a totally different like way that it manifested in a totally different thing that was required for me to like recover from that um and yeah that's just kind of the basics yeah. but we can definitely I, go a lot deeper I think that this is going to be really good especially for me and Anna to kind of break this down because we've had a lot of talks about it but um 
Anna having her like first episode of her eating disorder at such a young age is something that we kind of want to dive into because this is not, mm -hmm. it's not as common with 11 year old girls as it is, as you get into the pressures of junior high and high school. And then the um, years that I was really, really struggling, struggling with my eating disorders were when I was like going into high school and mine were based on sports. So kind of just breaking down like the different ways that our eating disorders presented themselves yeah. and just kind of giving like the audience kind of a idea of like how we got to the point we are now and why we think that this is easily like my biggest passion in life. Mm -hmm. Like I could talk about this forever. I devoted my entire senior year of high school, um, AP research class yeah. to studying this topic. And I, I, I saw <laughs> Teresa's presentation and which it's literally the entire year and you work on developing a presentation on eating disorders. And it was incredible. Like you could tell she was passionate about it. The research that went into it. I know you talked to a couple like th therapists and doctors and stuff, right? Yes, I did. And I put a lot of that in there yeah. too. And so I will never feel qualified to talk about this topic just because eating disorder recovery is not linear. Um, you're constantly in recovery when you, I mean, I talked about this when you choose recovery your entire life is recovery and it's beautiful, but it's, it's a struggle, That's but crazy. I still, I may not feel qualified, but I do because I've spent the year mm -hmm. I put in the research. I put in the hours. Um, I'm going to say one small fun fact about the research before we really get into our stories. But there, as of when I did this in 2020, when I bro broke it down, there was not a single scientific um, publication or like study done with female athlete eating disorders with basketball at all hmm. not one and this is in 2020 right wow so and if you could i looked it up today and in 2023 that's still the case <laughs> so yeah yeah because what it, teresa is it mostly just like for dancers because i know that's a specific thing dancers struggle with yeah so it was a lot of dancers runners and this applies to you too if you're a dancer or you're runner listening absolutely mm -hmm. but it was also a lot of foreign countries country studies which comes back to the point where people don't sit down and talk about this in the US. We're we're made to kind of feel like this is wrong, this is kind of shameful, this is something yeah. I want to keep to myself. Um a lot of these studies were from other countries. So that's wow. something that also stuck with me where they were so able to mm -hmm. not even worry about it and just like here are some athletes mm -hmm. and this is what you're struggling with. But in the US we've kind of like put up this wall that we're breaking down today. Yeah. I mean, let's freaking do it because and I think I can speak for a part of the audience too. Like I didn't struggle with an eating disorder to the extent of which Anna and Teresa did, but I a hundred percent struggle with body image mm -hmm. and, and eating. So I think honestly, I'm going to be honest. I think every girl struggles with eating and eating habits. Cause it, it's very difficult. There's so many diets thrown at you and so mm -hmm. many like body image stereotypes you're supposed to match and stuff like that. So I think every girl can acknowledge that they struggle with it. Cause I definitely do. Um, but not to the extent of which um, Anna and Teresa does, but that doesn't mean it's like the struggle isn't like as validated and stuff like yeah. that. So. And we said, and if you do not struggle with your body image, that's okay. That's, you can still give this a listen and yeah. use this information to support your friends that are struggling. Yeah. So I think that this is just good for every person and we can, Anna, if you want to get us started on, if you have a question for her, Leo, or if she wants to just start, you know, talking about high school or whatever you mm -hmm. want to do. Um, yeah, I guess, Anna, like, what was, like, the your mental state during your eating disorder? And, like, I know we kind of talked before, but can you kind of walk me through, like, how you approached food? I, like, I know you said you almost counted the calories. And yeah. I guess w walk us through your mindset and, like, your relationship with food through this time. Yeah. Um, so when I first started like developing my eating disorder, I don't even fully remember a lot wow. of what my mindset was because a lot of that time was like genuinely a blur for me, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of weird to like say or think about. But if you go through an experience that is like pretty traumatic like a lot of people will find a way to sort of like almost like repress it from repress their memories the memory. so that they don't remember like that much of what it was yeah. like so to be honest with you I don't really have like all that much to say wow. about like that time in my life just because I don't have very many mm -hmm. memories except like 
crying a lot, to be honest with you. Um, Can we, oh, I interrupted. No, go for it. Can we, um, I understand that that point, you know, I was nine years old and I actually remember vividly you going through that because I went to some of the therapist appointments and I, I feel like at nine years old, I grew up really fast because I saw what was happening to you. And, um, I kind of want to like go into maybe when you can talk more about the actual thing, if you want to talk about like your relapse or talk about, you know, when it was really like what you remember from those times, you know, if you want to like break that down, like, Oh, I went into high school and everything came back Mm -hmm. or wherever you want to start, but really start to give us if you want to some of those details. Yeah, sure thing. Okay, so I think when it started um, to come back in high school, I was starting to focus a lot more like outwardly again. Like I vaguely remember it starting um, comparison based. Like when we Mm -hmm. first moved to the area, I was not really like welcomed by like the kids in school very much. But I do remember them making comments about like, you know, like not eating like breakfast or like how much they weighed and like this kind of thing at like third, fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I eat a big breakfast every day. Yeah, I weigh a lot more than you guys do, but I was also a lot taller, but my brain didn't make that connection. So like, I don't know. Then I really started to like focus on other people. And I think in high school, again, I like picked up these cues that um, Teresa was being like super disciplined with how she was eating and working out. And a lot of my friends were, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm not being very like disciplined. Like I need to like, I don't know, like work harder, like be healthier to like achieve my goals. So I think like junior year of high school, I started like really focusing on food. And this was like the first time that I did it in more of like a mental, like calorie counting way. When I was like younger, I didn't even really realize that it was more like amount based, but around this time was when I was like the most successful, like in sports and like my first, my freshman year of high school was tough, but like my junior year, like I was like pretty popular that year. You know, I was like all stayed in volleyball that year, like all this good stuff. So like subconsciously I like associated this like discipline that I had around like working out and eating with the like way that like my life in general had improved. Mm -hmm. Um, and that became something that I wanted to like keep doing. Um, but at the same time I was tricking myself into thinking I wasn't doing it because I was like, Oh, like I know that like food is fuel and I'm still like eating more than like, you know, than like other people. So like, I'm still good. But like in reality, I wasn't And that reality didn't hit until like February or so of my senior year when I like got like a wake up call from like my mom and dad, like you've like lost weight and you don't look good. And then I had to. I, I remember this obviously, because at this time I was going through some pretty rough years with my eating disorder. Um, but I think that is there a point where you kind of want to talk about, cause I know like I can get into in a little bit, like me with sports and like how that's so negatively affected me, but you've only said the positives that's come out. Like it made you feel more popular. Like it made you feel like you were doing well in sports um, until like finally shit hit the fan and you were like, this isn't sustainable. This isn't, can you kind of talk about like why that's not sustainable? Because that like, it was kind of all like a mask, like that all state and volleyball, that's not going to, stay there if you're not eating enough food. Right. No, that's such a good point. And like to clarify that all kind of happened really before, um, things start to like take a turn Mm -hmm. to be more extreme. Like I only had like thoughts at that point. It wasn't really the behaviors yet that took sort of like another year. Um, when like, my life started to feel like it was out of control. Like our dad lost his job. Um, Things at home were like in general pretty rough. And that became something that like 
I could control and was already almost starting to control. So then that was really negative because I was really starting to just go through the motions of like every other aspect of my life. So it is like, it, it was, you're right. It was totally a mask. Like it's may have seemed like positive for a little bit, but it was all a facade. Like it wasn't real. When did you start to realize like, um, oh my gosh, like what you're doing to yourself. And also, cause we talked about this. So I'll actually answer that first and then I'll ask my next question. But yeah, I guess when did you start realizing this, like you've gone too far, like you're relapsing now. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. kind of like this slow, like, I feel like the slow the slope. slope. Yeah. And then Very when did you so. realize where you're like, oh shit, like I'm going down it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I definitely had this moment that was like, it was after the district championship of uh, when we won that during my senior year for basketball. Like we like took pictures and whatever. And I looked at the pictures and I was like, holy crap, mm. I look skinny, like, and not like in a, like in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like after basketball season, that was when I really started to like, my mindset started to shift to like, what was going to be next? Like I was going to go to Notre Dame. I had so much more to like be excited for. And, um, then I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm hungry all the time. And I was like eating all the time and continuing to like work hard at school. So I definitely vividly remember like that moment, but it honestly wasn't until like a few years later, looking back that I realized that like I had actually relapsed because I very much like kept it undercover. And that's the weird thing about like, you know, eating disorders or disordered eating is like, you will like convince yourself that, it's not a problem or that like what you're doing is like not, you know, not anything wrong, Mm -hmm. not anything bad. Um, And so it honestly took like looking back into that and being like, I really actually did relapse and I was not in a healthy mindset at all during that year, but I didn't even like fully realize it in the moment. Jeez. Um, I know you kind of touched on it too, but why do you think you relapsed? Like looking back, I know you kind of said about the comparison stuff, but like, do you think there was like, was it what environmental factors do you think led you to like that? Yeah. So it's definitely always like a big mix of things. Mm -hmm. I think ever since I um, like had my first experience with it in fifth grade, like, yes, I had recovered, but there is like a piece of my mind that, you know, maybe just like, even though I have like, you know, at that point I had grown so much and now I have grown even like so, so much more. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like with me and with like a lot of girls, there's always a little piece that's like, you know, that once that can like sort of fall into like traps of like negative thoughts Um, and a lot of negative thoughts with what we're seeing our society is focused around that. Um, So there was like that little piece of that. And then I think environment is something that isn't talked about enough in Mm -hmm. the discussion about like disordered eating, because like what you see around you is a lot of times what you imitate. And I recognize that I was not in the healthiest environment, like within my high school, Mm -hmm. like at all. I talked to one of my friends a couple years out and she was like, oh my gosh, like I was not good in high school. Like I never had a period either. Like we all just like went about like not, you know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. eating before practice, like feeling lightheaded sometimes. No one ever talked about it with each other, but it was sort of, I don't know. It was something that was like bigger than myself in a way. And it was really like kind of scary and uncomfortable to see that, um, like see Anna go through that, but not be able to help her because I was in such a bad place. And so like kind of putting that on myself, like I know that there's been some things in my life where people have been like, well, you need, cause me being the, you know, the more vocally, yeah. you know, I guess you could say opinionated, I guess you could say, <laughs> yeah, you could say that you could say loud, <laughs> you could say, you could say anything you guys want to say about me. I love you all, but no, I'm just kidding. But, um, seeing that I couldn't help Anna because I was in such a bad place, but then also seeing her environment would just kind of infuriate me almost. Oh my gosh. If you're a skinny girl and you're fueling your body and that's how your metabolism is, you're beautiful. Okay. But if you're doing it out of starvation and you are hurting your body to achieve a point like there is a point like we are all so different 
we are all so different. We are built, you are not built like any other individual mm-hmm. in this world. You can't eat like any other individual in this world. So if you're pushing yourself to that point to look like somebody who looks like that while is eating and being healthy, you're not being healthy, even if you look like them. Right. So I think that that was just a big like wake up call where I was. And Teresa, I guess now that we kind of touched on Anna's, can you walk us through your eating disorder journey um, and just what you went through? Yeah. So everyone, everyone knows when I was growing up, I was... I was kind of like I'm now. I was loud. I was confident. Why was she so confident? I don't know. <laughs> you can ask Anna. I would, I would go in like I would do things no one else would do. In third grade, I was like, I want to have a bob cut, and I would wear that bob. I rocked that bob. I wanted the bob. I was. Like, you did. You did. You looked I great. I went into fourth grade, oh and I decided God. fourth grade was the year that I was a tomboy. I decided that I would never wear my hair down. Not once I, think I wear I my always hair down. Was like a tomboy. You know, you <laughs> yeah. pick things, and that was just my thing. But my my thing was known. I was the strong sister who would be there for Anna as she recovered. And that was my role. And I remember the first time I was like in sixth grade, sixth grade, not sixth grade. I might've been younger. It was when you were, I was like in fourth or mm. fifth cause Anna was recovering, like getting over recovery. Yeah. And I sat yeah. down, um, you. we sat down and I like remember looking down at my stomach and being like, I, and I always was a little bit bigger and that's just how I was. Like I wasn't big. I was just yeah, bigger you were build. Just built. Yeah. And I remember looking down and being like, you know what? Maybe I am a little big. Maybe I am a little mm-hmm. big for sports. And then it got worse because I went through Bishop Carroll in seventh grade. I transferred to BG and I became a star. And if I would have stayed at Bishop Carroll, I fully believe I would have sat the bench all four years because I was never as fast as the other girls. I was never as thin. I was never that athlete. Wait, can I say something yeah, go here? For it. I still remember in <laughs> junior high where we like ran sprints and it was the first five to finish mm-hmm. that were automatically the starters. Mm-hmm. So being fast was something that was really emphasized. And that was, I think that was another piece of mine because yeah. in my mind, like thin equaled fast. So oh like I thought, or not thin, light equaled fast. And I, so I thought I was going to be like a better athlete, like better suited to the system if you know, I didn't have those extra pounds on me or whatever. And that goes into my, my main reason that I lost weight was because I was always a little slower, right? I was, And that's just how I am. It's genetic. I'm going to work as hard as anyone and I'm not going to be as fast as another kid. And that's okay because mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot better than them <laughs> and I'm going to do this better than yeah. them. And you know what I mean? And that's just who I am. And I remember transferring to BG and it, it never was made. Like I was never... At Bishop Hill was always like, you're slow. You're not, it was always, you're not trying as hard because I wasn't as fast. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I was trying so hard because Teresa Hague always tries hard. And I remember transferring and like, but then I was like, okay, so I'm good here. People are accepting of me. I have a good environment. But if I, but I want to go to the best college and I, if I lose a little weight, I'll be a little faster. And then it just kind of started spiraling. I was like, I got to eat perfect. My obsession, and it, it is, I did tons of research. It's called orthorexia. It's not, I think I did I've been through three eating disorders. We can break them all down. But when I was going through orthorexia, mm-hmm. I it was the obsession with eating healthy. And, and that's I, what, or wait, how do you pronounce it? Okay, it's again? called orthorexia. Orthorexia. And it's the obsession with healthy eating okay. to the point where it becomes disordered. There's nothing wrong with eating healthy. You, everyone should eat healthy and feel your bodies. But when it becomes disordered, and I'll tell just a tiny story before I get back to basketball, and that shows you what my orthorexia was like. I remember I was ordering a salad because I was afraid of fries. I would not eat fries. There were so many things I wouldn't eat. They were all no foods. And I was like, I can't do that because it'll make me run slow. Hilarious. Because guess what, guys? Carbs actually are the only reason that you're able to move and run. But um, they put cheese on my salad. And I was eating like around every piece of cheese. Like I could not handle the cheese. Like I was so afraid to eat a piece of cheese on my salad because that was the fat and that wasn't good for me. And I remember like going back to a hotel room. We were on vacation and I cried. We were in Florida. We were at the beach and I was bawling. And I was like, I can't eat this cheese. Like, why would they put cheese on my salad? You're eating. So I was crazy. I was, you're, if you're struggling with this right now, you're not crazy. You're going to get through this. I believe in you and I love you. But I, looking back now, I can vividly say after being in recovery that my behavior was quite literally psychotic. If you listen to me, you would be like, what is she saying? What is she doing? Why is she crying over a piece of cheese in her salad? And Anna said, nailed it right on the head. All of this just to be faster, to be faster, to be a little bit faster. Guess how you can get faster? Eating more calories, lifting heavy, getting strong, strong, doing agility work. There's other answers. You know what I mean? And 
losing that much weight is just never, never going to be your answer. It just, it's, it's never going to be your answer. And there was a point my sophomore year, everything was a fuzz because I had gotten to the point where it was just all fuzzy. I, I would just cry and I didn't know why I was crying. Um, I would just feel like I wasn't there. My sophomore year of basketball, I started playing horribly. I couldn't play. Like there was no success. I remember playing forest hills and there was a packed dog pound and I was humiliated because I barely could catch the ball. Like I feel like I couldn't catch the ball. Like I was in a daze and I was still starting. I don't know why I was starting. I felt like I wasn't even on the court. So I think that that was like, I woke up. I was like, you have to recover. Like you have to recover. And my dad, when he lost his job, he said to me, he looked at him and he was totally on the same thing. Like he said, there's just not going to be college basketball if you don't recover. Like it's not going to be an option. And I think he told both of us that it was like, yeah, I think so. If you, well, I mean, at that point I had already like decided where I was going to go to college, mm-hmm. but it was more like, you know, I already decided that I wasn't going to keep playing, but it was more for, he definitely, yeah. that was something he said. And he said, if you don't recover, she said, if you don't recover, <laughs> college is just no longer going to be on the table. And I think that's when it switched to my brain. And that's when I started my road to recovery, which we'll talk about the road to recovery yeah. and some of the things you face because it's, it's a mind fuck, but you like, you just got to go all in. There's no half assing recovery. Like you're either in or you're not. And I know this because I was in my eating disorder for four to five years, starting in like seventh, eighth grade was when I started and it was the worst my sophomore year. And between all those times, there was points where I was always said I was in recovery in recovery and not until my halfway through my sophomore year. That's when my dad lost a job. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And if I didn't have him there, this is why environment is so important. If I didn't have him there, I don't, think that I would have gotten to the point where I would because he forced me to recover when I when the days that I told myself I couldn't recover he 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 led me and he said you're you're gonna recover and this is what we're gonna do I wonder like what's in our culture and what's in our society that like I don't know builds this mindset in girls that if I'm skinnier I'm faster instead of no lifting fueling your body like I don't know do you guys does anyone where's this coming from <laughs> like it's totally not helping <laughs> well, I do want to t- that's so true yeah i want to talk a little Girl about harmful trends <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> oh yes this is a perfect intro to this that. like thing. years ago there was all this harmful stuff on tumblr i was never on tumblr but i saw all the comments of people talking about it and how harmful it was to recovery when i was seeing that sort of content yeah. and the dangerous thing about like social media and TikTok is that it, you know, it hyper tailors it Mm -hmm. to like what you choose to watch. So if you watch a couple of these, like what I eat in a day videos, the whole for you pages, what I eat in a day. And this girl's like, like, I eat an apple before my seven mile run. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Can we just like think about that? So for a girl who has, is struggling probably with an eating disorder, they look at one video that is like, Oh, if you eat like these small amounts and this and that, which it's probably a bad video for them, then the rest of their page is going to be all types of videos that are bad for them like that. Is that not insane? And if you're seeing this on your feed, it's like, it's not real. There's no way. Like if you are struggling with this currently, and I will say this, if you are struggling with this currently and eating is hard for you and it's a challenge and you're watching these TikToks, I'm telling you right now, put it down delete your TikTok. And I know how hard it sounds. You deserve recovery. Mm-hmm. And these girls are not what you need because guess what? They're flipping, flapping, lying. Fake news. <laughs> They're fake news. <laughs> Put the apple away. I don't want to see it. <laughs> just kidding. You guys can eat apples, but maybe eat them with peanut butter for some fat before your workout. Yeah. Or just there like not like an apple for a meal. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Anna. keep going. I, don't know. I cut you off. Yeah. With know. the trends. You kind of, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, the, the trends. The new trend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Girl dinner. You can talk about oh, that yeah, Let's one. talk about girl dinner. Girl dinner. Just heard about girl dinner. <laughs> guys, Leah came in, came over yesterday and I was ran- crazy. <laughs> oh yeah. We're psycho. We Love were ranting about this and she was sitting on the couch and I came down just literally swearing about girl dinner. I was so livid about Are it. Can you explain girl dinner to the people oh, who I don't will. know? Cause I didn't know what yeah. it was. To everyone who doesn't know what that trend is um, right now. Girl yeah. dinner is basically this trend where it's showing like little snacks or like weird things you find in your, like, you know, you know, you have, ever, you all have those dinners where like, mm-hmm. you just find things and you put them together. Well, you can find things and put them together to equal a meal. It'll be like popcorn or like, cheese and crackers like a little board and then they'll be like 
this is my girl dinner. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's a snack. That's not even a snack. Ah. Let me keep in just how many times I sing that. <laughs> it's awful though. Seriously. It's just Don't a horrible trend. dinner. Yeah. Jeez. Unless you can sing it. Just kidding. Yeah. Don't do it at all. And you can eat the exact same way, like work out the exact same way as and as anyone around you and you will not look the same like it's like it's kind of hard to believe and like I didn't believe it but it's so true like everyone's body is so different that like you can't do the exact same thing as someone else Mm -hmm. and if you do you will not have the same results so it's sort of like trial and error figuring out what works for you but Go Can I it. add something yeah. to that? And also, if you are in recovery, we and Anna really do want to do a little bit and have Leah, Leah ask us maybe some questions yeah. about like some of the stuff in recovery because some of the stuff is so crazy that you just don't even know about it that like can be caused by eating disorder. I um, guess, but, and you said, you guys kind of talked about it yesterday when we went out uh, for dinner, but you said recovery is kind of like lifelong. I guess walk through that. I mean- when I think lifelong, that that seems like a lot to like comprehend. Yeah. Walk through how your day to day struggling yeah, with start. it. Yeah, I'll how start you- with this. So, um, you're totally right because I have grown so much. Like I am not the same person that. <laughs> at all that I was. You know, when I first like got an eating disorder, like in fifth grade, like I am not that same person at all. And even like from high school, I am not at all the same person as I was when I was in high school. Um, But I will say that like, as far as recovery being a long and drawn out process, if you're someone who is like, there are some like sort of, I guess like maybe lesser known like symptoms or things that like happen to you when you go through something like this that you may not even realize. And it was actually like just this past year that some of these like that some of these things started to like happen to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this Mm -hmm. is crazy. So like, for example, like my entire life, like I've always like been cold. Like I am like always cold and I realized like that this past winter like I wasn't unbearably cold like my hands would get like purple and like like numb and stop like blood flow and like they thought I had this like condition well when I like gained more you know weight just like literally this past year like that went away. Like I never like lost blood flow to my hands. My just hair, this year. my hair, my hair would not grow past a certain length. It was like brittle thin. Like my hair now is like healthier than it's been since I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, maybe. And then also like my period, I didn't have a normal period for, I don't even know how long, like wow. years and mm-hmm. years. And it was like, you have this condition, like be on birth control. Yeah. Like, so it's like, if this, if any of this stuff is like happening to you, like maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a sign like, hey, your body isn't at like, you know, the weight that you're like designed to mm-hmm. be at. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, in my mind I had been like, you know, recovered for years. I was like, wow, I'm actually, I like didn't even realize. (laughs) And then like this past semester was like the best like ever for me as far as like, I don't know, like confidence and like Mm. energy and all of that goes, which is just like so crazy to think about. And like, I don't know. Yeah. And I I remember walking in and seeing Anna at the end of the year and being like, she was just First of all, she was tan. This this girl's been oh, pale. Oh yeah, her I forgot about life. that one. Um, and I was like, and she, and it was obvious to me. And I think Anne's in a healthy place that she knows that. Like, it was obvious to me that she had put on like five pounds at least, just to be able to see her and be like. And I was like, she looks so healthy. Like the first thing I went up to her and I was like, you look like you're literally glowing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything about her way. I said you're literally glowing. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I've actually heard tons of people come up to me and say like. Anna's hair is looks so good or Anna's and part of me wants to say like this is a five pound difference or this is a two pound like this is not why are we even talking about numbers this is like a couple pound difference and all of her health like she just looks like she's thriving she's beautiful she is just like the woman that I think everybody strives to be like like she's just amazing like Mm -hmm. and I think that like I'm just so proud of her 
because seeing that recovery process for her has inspired me. And I know that having her on this podcast is going to inspire young girls. So I just thank you for just being you and just sharing all this with people. So stop. I'm tearing up. I want to thank you for sharing, but yeah, no, like there is like, there's hope. And I want to tell you that like, it's something that like your body will wants to like be where it's meant to be at. Mm -hmm. And like, you will notice that. Like I've gotten more compliments this past year than like I've ever gotten like be, you know, taking mm-hmm. like, taking like this long to have like run the weight. And it wasn't even something that I consciously did. Like people talk about like second puberty, you know, when you like the yeah. freshman 15 or whatever, like it's not something to be scared of. And even if it comes later, like, you know, junior year, and like it did yeah. for me, like it's still not something to be scared of yeah. because it, like, I don't know, yeah. at least for me, it like helped me become like the, you know, like the most confident, like prettiest like version of myself. And uh-huh. that's fine. Cause that happened to me too. Um, I was always cold. I had, and it was things no one told me about. I, every time I would eat anything in recovery, I was so bloated. Like the bloat that I went through was painful. Like it would hurt. Like my stomach would hurt because my stomach wasn't used to eating normal amounts. So when I was forced to eat normal amounts, it felt like so much more because my body wasn't used to it until I hit a certain point. So I want to share this because no one out there, not the internet, no one ever shared this information with me. And if you're going to face this and you're going to choose recovery or you're want to know about it, when you hit a certain point, you get starving. So everyone's different. But for me personally, I was in pain eating. Like I was so bloated. I felt like I couldn't eat because I wasn't used to eating that amount of normal food. And then all of a sudden a switch flipped and I was like starving, like ravenous. Like you go through, it's called extreme hunger. Naturally, you're going to be extremely hungry when you've been depriving yourself for so many years, months, whatever you've been facing. Um, But yeah, I was not tan. I couldn't tan when I had my eating disorder and I'm a tan girl. I love getting my tan on. Mm -hmm. And I was so angry. I'd go to the beach whole week, still pale. And I don't know if that's, there's nothing online about that. I Google it and like no one does studies. So let's start doing studies. Let's yeah. get some doctors in here. Anna, and the doctor. <laughs> because this shit is crazy, bro. It's crazy how it's all connected. It's, it's all connected. And, we, yeah. and I think um, for girls, our bodies are built in a way like where we are supposed to have a little fat like and yeah. i know a lot of girls struggle with like the side handles but you're supposed to naturally have weight bmi is like you stupid. gotta give yeah. birth Guys, to a bmi child. was not designed oh, yeah. Can for you explain us bmi quick too because yeah. i didn't dr. really dr anna fill us in girl. yeah oh man well this is just gonna be whatever's on the top of my okay. head but it's because i haven't really like and, you know yeah, looked so you, exactly and why it doesn't it. really work if you know anything on that yeah because it's really, it's a body mass index. It's like kilograms per meter squared or something. I don't know the mm-hmm. exact units, but it's, it literally just takes like your weight and height into account. And like, that's it. And it was done your ass on boobs. like <laughs> males, like it literally like teenager, mm-hmm. young twenties, like white men, like a while ago. And it wasn't even originally supposed to be like used as a widespread measure of health like at all I forget exactly what it was for originally but it wasn't for that but it has been turned into this basic thing like when I was shadowing in the hospital it would give like you know like weight height age um sex and like BMI it would be like one of like the five main things it would be like flagged if it was like out of the range I'm like there are so many. There's other so many. There's so many factors too. For women body. at all, like even get in, rid of it. I'm starting at, a petition. Even we're at our, the even at our like thinnest, we were considered healthy. normal and like in the healthy range by the BMI, BMI scale. Wow, you we like, were just literally one about to be hospitalized, and you could like you could tell that that wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. went in um at my lowest weight, unreal, and my unhealthiest I've ever been in my entire life. No period for two and a half years. Um, tell constantly me. sick. I went in there, um, the doctor said, and I'm not gonna throw any doctors under the bus. I'm throwing you under the bus. Um, <laughs> I went ridiculous. in there and, um, and she didn't know. I can't blame her. She wasn't an eating disorder doctor. I'm, you know, everyone else. She looked at me and she um, weighed me and she was like, you're having stomach problems. Of course you're having stomach problems. You're not eating enough food and you're working out. Um, and I was severely underweight. And she was like, well, you're healthy on the BMI. I was low, low on the BMI, but you're healthy on the BMI. Um, let's put you on an elimination diet and see if it helps your stomach system symptoms. This elimination diet was no dairy, no meat, red meat, no um, gluten. No, she's like, this is going to fix your stomach. 
that's really good for someone who has like gut problems. I, I continue. That's another thing. Let's bring up. Um, sometimes you can struggle with gut, um, health problems for the rest of your life. So oh I gosh. struggle with, <laughs> we can get into it, serious gut health problems. Anne knows about it. Yeah. Um, because of my eating disorder and because of other things. And it's just something I'm going to have to navigate for the rest of my life. But like, I was like, don't, don't do that. Don't, if you're struggling to eat enough food and get enough calories, unless you are celiac or you're lactose intolerant, don't go on elimination diet. You don't need to eliminate. You need to add, you need to, you need to eat. You need to thrive. I just can't get over that. You're literally starving yourself. You're not getting your periods. You're that unhealthy and that skinny. And you're okay on the BMI scale. And we're still yeah. using this. And we're in 2023. If this was something that affected men, I guarantee you it would, it would have been fixed. A hundred percent. And it, it actually does affect men. Oh, the BMI. Well, but like the BMI, no. but no. BMI is mostly for, it was for men, it right? Was, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. so if it went against men, that's true. That's what I mean. Oh, then yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. If, like, I just feel like. Oh, but did you know, I found a fun fact. This has nothing to do with eating disorders, but I'm saying it because it's so cool. Um, that like Tylenol dosages and all dosages for medicine are based off the male body. So we take the dosage of something based off what a male, our height and weight would be. Wow. Should I just redo my own whole of research? Am I really only supposed to take six, 400 milligrams, six, how many milligrams? Somebody tell me I'm not a man. Crazy. That's Maybe this is a good segue into environment because I want to talk about some of the people who I genuinely think help saved me from my eating disorder. Yeah. Um, and one of them actually being Leah Homan. And mm. I tell her this story and she doesn't even remember it. Probably doesn't remember it. And these things stick with you when you're um, struggling with this. And Leah Homan's one of the main people in my life that helped me with my eating disorder without knowing it because she didn't know I was going through it. Um, I went into a workout. We'd always work out together because we just love to work out together. And she was like messing around and she was like, oh, like, I'm going to have a great workout today. She's like, girl, I woke up and ate seven pieces of French toast and I'm here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> and I started laughing and she has no idea how much that meant to me because hearing Leah say, and then watching the, her work out the way she did, she works out like a freaking dog, bro. <laughs> this girl, insane. And she just crushes this workout. And in my head, that was never a possibility until it was. Because I remember one day that I was like, I ate like five pancakes. And then I went and did my shooting workout. I was like, wow, I made every mm -hmm. shot. And guess what? I ate carbs before I did it. <gasps> no way crazy. And, um, a few other people like Ariel Reed is my best friend in Texas. She is, has one of the healthiest relationships with food and she'll check in on me. And so will Maren Miller. Mm -hmm. Um, they're just they they just my closest, like they, they well, get me, give one more shout out They're Um, somebody who lived on my floor, one of my best friends would even just ask like the freshmen that we we're on a fl our floor. All right. Like he'd be like, Oh, did you eat? Do you need food? Like he always just like, do you need anything to eat? Yeah. Like I have food. And like people would just go into his room and take food. And none of these people really opened up about struggling with eating. Maybe they didn't. But for someone like me who did and just hearing like, even like one time I would say like, oh, I'm hungry. And first person, he'd be like, hey, I got something like if you need it. Acts like that mean the world to your friends who are struggling. And I just want to say thank you to those people. And thank you for being the change. And, and you know, you don't even realize it, but you're making a big difference. So I'm done vibing on that, but. That is such a great point. I want to give a shout out to my friends at Notre Dame for this one too, because mm. I have a great group of friends in a place like Notre Dame that takes in all, you know, like like typical overachieving, like a lot, a lot of people mm. are very like type A and there is a very like high prevalence of disordered eating with like the, the girls and the guys. Like that's just like kind of the way it is you know my like, friends are always the ones we would always be like you know like where are we going to eat we'd like make a meal together like before we would go out you know, and to be around good. people who like fuel themselves with you yeah. is a big thing yeah wow I didn't even realize I guess the people you surround yourself with and honestly I kind of want to touch on that yeah, because I'm I'm surrounded by guys a lot I have a brother and I'm surrounded by guys and stuff uh, plus I have a lot of guy friends and I love them all but I don't think they comprehend and maybe even li listening to this podcast would help them when they call other girls fat how much that does to the girl with them because like I would I would be with guys that would be like call girls fat and and all this like call them you know terrible derogatory terms 
and they weren't even overweight. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if that girl's overweight, then I'm obese because <laughs> because she ain't overweight, okay? And like I like when I was surrounded by that, I could start to like feel myself because I was always so confident in my body, like never really struggled with it, and so. I started like hearing those things and like other comments were made about me too, because when I went through puberty, I developed an ass and boobs, which I guess, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess like is not measured also on the BMI because every girl has a different (laughs) ass and different boobs. Um, But anyways, like I struggle, I struggled with the adjustment of my body because like I went from, I was like a twig, super skinny. And then I, I developed curves like a woman and I just naturally, you know, got bigger because I got older. Um, and then with those surrounding comments, it was really difficult for me. And that's when I started to have like body image issues. And also, um, really I didn't watch my, I still had like a good relationship with, with food, I think. I never really was to the point where I would like starve, starve myself. Like I always would eat because like I love food. Me too, me too, sister. Um, So it was never that bad, but like I would like, what I would do would be like kind of starve myself throughout the week. I wouldn't starve, but like I would definitely limit what I ate during the week and then binge eat on the weekends, which is also bad. And I kind of want to segue with that into Teresa, can you talk about binge eating? Because that's also a disorder, right? And I think I've struggled with that. And how I'm navigating it is honestly balance and moderation. Amen. That is like the key thing. Like, because what I would do is I would take out all like all junk food throughout the week. So no desserts, no ice cream throughout the week. And then when the week would come and I would just pound like pizzas, (laughs) pancakes, Mm -hmm. ice cream, like everything you got. But what I'm tra- I'm figuring out now is when I balance it throughout the week instead of having oh like oh, let's have an ice cream on Monday and then on Saturday like but let me just eat like some chicken and potatoes and um, corn or whatever instead of like getting a giant pizza. So when I started balancing it throughout my week in mod in moderation, that's when like. I started having a way healthier relationship with food. And I live by a little treat every day. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Teresa, could you talk about like yeah. how people struggle with overeating yeah. and stuff like that? So I deal with anxiety. That's a part of my personality. It's what makes me so amazingly hilarious. I believe that. But um, just kidding. I don't even know. But um, the whole binge eating was I was struggling so emotionally that I would just eat so much to the point where I would feel like ill. And I think that like, I still sometimes struggle, like not a lot with about, I still struggle with binge eating. I'm not going to even like put that, I'm not even going to say I don't struggle with that anymore. I think it's all just about like, and it's something to realize is that like these disorders are like the same as addictions. Like it's wired the same way in your brain as it is an addiction. So like please stop beating yourself up if you, you're binge eating every night because there's something else in your life, emotions that you're struggling to handle. There's a reason why you're binging and binging is scary because you are just eating everything, 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 everything. And then you're like, shit, I feel really sick. Yeah. Um, I put on a lot of weight my freshman year because I emotionally was just a wreck and I was just eating to the point of feeling sick, um, not leaving my room, um, just in a really dark place. And I think that I really did need to turn to God and I needed to trust myself and be like, like you can, you got out of this before. You know what I mean? Like you choose recovery and you're going to continue to choose recovery because you're a fighter. Um, and that's, it's okay. Like there's shame in it and you're going to feel shamed and like it sucks in the moment, but like there's never been a time where like, you're not going to make it out. Like you're going to make it out. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just like hearing you talk about that, Leah, like as someone who I always looked at with such a like great relationship, like mm-hmm. hearing you say that, like, thank you like for sharing that because that's such a big thing too, where even if you don't have an eating disorder, maybe you have a little bit of disordered eating. Like oh, you I sh- think I definitely would say yeah. have a little bit of a disordered. Well, after eating. hearing that yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. Like, and <clears throat> yeah, I just think that, Either way, like there's different ones. You got, there's so many, no one's is gonna look the same. No one's story is the same. Um, binge, anorexia, like all of these, orthorexia, um, ARFID, um, we can break them down. There's a, like yeah. a many, many. And like, yeah, you, you can overcome all of them. 
And I think with like binge too, we talked about this, like food and this sounds weird, feels comforting sometimes. So it's like, I would, I definitely could like see myself in when I'm in bad times. That's when I, I was more so binge eating. Um, So yeah. But another thing I kind of want to talk about too, is like looking in the mirror. And I talked about this in another episode, but like when I started having these body image struggles, I was like hyper focused on like looking at myself in the mirror and like, and specifically, I would say I struggle with the most, like my stomach. Like I always am looking at my stomach, like, am I overweight? Am I this? And once I started to like stop focusing so much and looking at my reflection, that has also helped. And another thing I wanted to talk to you guys about and even ask questions is using the scale. Like I've, I used to have like an obsession with kind of weighing myself. And if I would weigh myself and be a couple pounds overweight, that would wreck my day and ruin my week. I would argue, make a little argument there with you. Why would you consider a certain weight a couple pounds overweight? Did someone I, put I that know. in your head yeah. or did it? Well, that's what how I felt. Yeah. And that okay. and that's what's messed up too <clears throat> yeah. is because as we yeah. all know, women's weight fluctuates so yes. much because of hormones. You, if you take a Be- big poop, you can lose yes. like five pounds. Five <laughs> pounds, dude, take right? a deuce. <laughs> but like even to this day, if I'm a couple pounds, like and I tell myself that like like women's weight literally fluctuates between five to 10 pounds. Like that's the fluctuation. And I still try to tell myself that, but with the scale, like I would start to get obsessed, but now I kind of took a step back and I'm like trying to only weigh myself because I, you, you do want to still maintain a healthy weight. Like you don't want to, you know, it is healthy to maintain, you know, a relatively close weight. So I do try to weigh myself like, um, once a month, but I don't put that pressure on it because doing that every week was just, because then if I was a couple pounds overweight, I would not eat that much that day. And then the next day I'd be so hungry. Then I just binge and probably just gain it all back. <laughs> so it wasn't even that working. Binge restrict cycle. Binge restrict yeah. cycle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but what are you, I, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on like the scale or how people should use? Cause I did do research and like the one research was like, throw the scale away. Like it's better for your mental health, your physical health. And honestly, when you pay attention when you don't pay attention that much to calories, sometimes you actually eat better. Mm-hmm. Um, but another study said that when people are very consistent in checking the scale, they maintain a more healthier weight. So I don't know. What do you guys, what's your relationship with the scale? Cause I know for a lot of girls, it's a struggle. I'm going to start off by saying that your body is by far the least interesting thing about you. And you probably heard it. But Amen. it's so true because Leah even said to me, um, Leah's known me over the past couple of years where my weight has been about, like I've been 15 pounds up, down, throughout thing. And Leah's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I seriously didn't <laughs> notice like at all. Like I could, your sophomore year, like looking, there are pictures, like when we see pictures, yeah. I'm like, okay, she was skinnier then. But after your recovery then, like I did not, I could not notice a difference now. Because people don't focus on that. And if you're focusing on that, then it, probably says that you're struggling with you're something. Insecure, yeah. yeah. Like, and so it's so such the least interesting thing about you. And it's so funny that we talk about it so much because but, like, it's the least interesting thing about you because you're funny and you're, you know, you have a good personality and you're kind. And like, those are the things people remember about you. I'm never, you I have hope, a great smile. You're glowing. You have a great <laughs> energy. All of these compliments that mean so much, much more. Better. You're looking a little skinnier today. And I was, Jeez, like, thanks. Like, if that's what makes yeah. you feel the best, what what are you working on? What are you working on? Like, are you becoming a better person? Does being a couple pounds make you better? Are you feeling? And it's okay that if you're struggling with it, because I thought so. I believed it. I know we're saying it in this mm-hmm. way, but like, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, what I would your... feel good when people would, you compliment. know, compliment yeah. like this, this how I, you know, how I looked. Thing. Yeah, or, yeah. Probably, like, gave you a reinforcement yeah. thing. Yeah, and I had a really unhealthy relationship with the scale, and I think I got to a point where like it doesn't like bother me. I weigh myself here and there, um, but I, I mean, even though I still struggle, I just I think I've come to a point where I know that like my worth isn't so much more than what number pops up on the scale. scale. And guess what? I'm going to weigh more than a lot of the men and and little, little boys out there anyway, because I'm Mm 5'11". I'm Mm 5'11 and I'm a basketball player. (laughs) Yep. So it's just the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my. Totally. But I guess, do you guys have any like tips for girls that 
are like kind of going through puberty and this transition where like when you get to high school that's when I feel like so many people start hyper focusing on their bodies so for you two who went through it what what is advice that you wish you would have known so that you could have possibly prevented your eating disorders I don't know if you guys have anything. I think that anything. like we can start to like wrap up with this. I think yeah. this is a good place yeah. to wrap up. I totally um, agree. Anna, go for it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so okay, before we get into that, I do want to give like a little disclaimer that I did enjoy high school basketball, and that like not <laughs> everyone was like that by any means. Yeah. Like we don't know why these things happen or why I was more susceptible to developing something like this, but it really could happen to anyone and it was programmed in me for so long that it was something to be ashamed of but it's really not you Mm -hmm. know it's a struggle everyone faces their struggles and it's a chance um it's a chance to grow um but I think like the main sort of advice is kind of what we just talked about it may be difficult to think that like your body is the least interesting thing about you but it really is. Um, and your environment is so big. And sometimes like, yes, you eat to fuel your body, but sometimes you eat for the soul too. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that is more Mm -hmm. than okay. Like life is about experiences. And if you're in a time of your life where you get to go out, like to eat and like be with friends, like the experiences is what you'll remember it at the end of the day anyway and that like means so much more than like a number on a scale mm-hmm. yeah that's just kind of what I have to say I think that that's awesome and yeah I'm we are not by any means <laughs> shitting on high school basketball or th- it's situations we had I know I always said that I had the greatest experience ever and I wasn't even like it's just it it's something that happened to us it could it be partially genetic because we are from the same family and we had it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe could it be partially because we're both super perfectionists? We like we strive for greatness, and that could have been part of the mm-hmm. program. Absolutely. Um, I've been through just so many years of it, and so many years of all of just dealing with it. And I think that my advice to like young girls out there listening would be enjoy the little things in life and enjoy the moments. You don't want to look back at your vacation, your eighth grade vacation in Florida and not remember your walks on the beach, but remember crying over a piece of cheese on your salad. You don't want to look back on high school basketball and remember being in a daze or crying because you ate a cup of ice cream the night before. So you convinced yourself you wouldn't run the next day. Um, Like you are just every girl out here like you we went on this yesterday like you have so much power like you are so you were given so many talents you can't even tap Mm -hmm. into and you can't tap into them if you're not fully there mentally and when you're in this dark place you're not going to be able to tap into your full potential and also like you're a fighter I said it like 10 times this episode like you are a freaking fighter Mm -hmm. like you're gonna make it through like whatever your struggle, maybe you don't even struggle with food. Like you're going to make it through. And we're just out here to continue to talk, talk about, about the things that maybe you think about and you haven't talked about. So thank you. And I love you. Yeah. And thank you so much, Teresa and Anna, because like just hearing your stories has inspired me. Um, so I know the girls that this is going to touch um, it is going to be, you know, have tremendous um, um, fruits and, and just, you know, grow our knowledge about it and grow a conversation about it. Um, and yeah, I just kind of want to reiterate what Teresa said, like your, your body's a temple and treat it as such, like live a life that's, um, that's not regretful, like love yourself. The only way you can love other people is if you truly love yourself. Fall in love with who you are, with, with who God made you to be, because you're beautiful. And he, when you look in the mirror, love yourself. Give yourself a compliment. Um, this this episode has been unreal. <laughs> and um, you guys um, have, just this summer, just with our Bible study, have helped me a lot. So um, that, that, that this has been awesome. Thank you. 
I so love you guys. <laughs> I love you. Thanks so much for bringing me on once again. Anytime, so Anna. great to have this Any, conversation. Yeah. I love you both so much. And we'll be back. We'll see you next, next week. week. Hey, share it with somebody. Also, we got our audio down. So <gasps> we got professional mics. We're in a studio. Shout out to Chuck Myers. Oh, Chuck Myers. If you rock. ever see him, please, please say thank you. And I don't even know. Give him a high five on us or something. Yeah. So. And we can't wait to be back next week again. Yep. We're rocking and rolling. We love yeah. this. We love you guys. We're trying to get it on more than Spotify so you can all listen. Yep. And that's all I got. I think that's a wrap. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>